This is exactly right. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? Uh, this is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Karen, I almost did that hilarious thing. I love when comedians do it where I introduce myself, <laughs> except I say your name, and then this you is... follow suit and say my name. Isn't that fun mm-hmm. when comics do that? It is so hilarious, and it it really kicks you off. Yeah, it lets people know yeah, that they're entering some backwards world. Get ready. Open your mind. Yeah. Because this is what this is. I'm kidding, of course. I don't like that. I also don't like when uh, someone's doing a selfie video and then they turn and go, oh, hello, I didn't see you there. <laughs> That's still very popular. And you and you say, no, thank you? Yeah, I and I, I say, no, I don't see you there. And I, I slam my computer shut and 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 shoot loose papers off of my desk. Nice. That I only keep stacked on the desk for that purpose. <laughs> for frustration. effect. Yeah. In your inbox for yeah, effect? No, yeah, no one's even watching. Yeah, it's like that Stephen J. Connell opening to 80s shows. Yes, when Papers it goes fly, from and then real it, paper, typewriter paper, to flying cartoon paper. Into a logo. And I'm going to say that's not the first time I've referenced that. No, you love that. I'm you all out of... And we're going to, our guest today, you're not going to believe the story that I told on his podcast. I'll give you one guess what it was about. Was it about feline AIDS, for God's God sake? God damn it. <laughs> That's what I did on Eugene's podcast. I talked about that damn cat. The episode Aww. even is called This Darn Cat. He knew preemptively that I would overtell that story for years to come because that was a long time ago. Yeah, but we love it. We've got them all set up. We're doing it over Zoom. Back then when I did his podcast, we had to recruit a local recording station in Missoula, Montana. There was like all these people involved. It was very professional, um, but that's we didn't want to do that to Eugene today, so we kept it very unprofessional. He's one of the great professionals of our time. I know. That's why I thought I'd mix it up for him, remind him yeah. what it used to be like I before think he nice. was a consummate professional. Uh, he plays clubs and colleges so all over this colleges. great country. Yeah, Ivy League. You, if you watch Bob's Burgers, you you will recognize his voice, mm-hmm. and you're going to be very excited yes. for our guest today. It is, in fact, Eugene Merman. 
Hello. Yay. He did it. He said it. (laughs) You promised to say hello when we announced your name and you and you followed through with that promise. Yes. I thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Not lie. Yeah. 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 Follow your gut. Yeah. Exactly. And let them know that I'm here. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. How are you, Eugene? Yeah. Doing okay. Doing okay. Are you a person, Eugene, that lives in uh, Los Angeles or do you live in New York City? Great choices. I yeah. live in not, neither. I, I'm a person who lives in Massachusetts. Boston yes. or Salem? <laughs> <laughs> I live underneath, 1,000 meters underneath the Peabody Essex Museum in Salem. Uh, I live uh, in the Boston area. And you are from there. You moved there as a child, correct? I moved there. uh, Yes, I moved to uh, Lexington, Massachusetts as a child from uh, the former Soviet Union. Uh, We fled. Um, And uh, then I lived in New York for a very long time and a few years ago moved moved back to the Boston area. How old were you when you uh, left USSR? Uh, I was four. Do you remember, this might sound like a dumb question, but I have one distinct memory from where I was born in Monterey. I'm not bragging. It's a nice town. And I was only great aquarium only there till I was two, but I do have one vivid memory. Do you have any memories? I I essentially don't have any memories. I I think I remember um, like the smell of black current. I think that's the only thing that like, uh, it like had this weird familiarity. And then it turns out there were like bushes, uh, uh, that were near like a, a little place we had on a pond. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. And have you ever been back? I have not. I've been yeah. curious, but then uh, as uh, over the decades, as it became more and more authoritarian, sure, uh, it became less scarier prospect. Because, yeah. Yeah. I understand that fully. I got to go to, um, and I don't know what the, correct term would be because I went there in 1987 in in high school on like a this it was called it was called um Moscow Poland and the West it was like a tour that we got to go on like for school and so we actually it was behind the iron curtain technically it was like right before the wall came down and everything um and it was unbelievable it was like one of my favorite things of my life and it was so fascinating. And (laughs) the thing I've always talked about, which is so me, is my favorite thing about it was people had um, card tables set up on the sidewalk with little uh, glasses that would look like a small orange juice if you ordered it in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And it was, they were like half filled with um, Coke. And so you'd go up and pay a couple rubles and you stand there and drink your Coke and give them the glass back. And that was basically, you know, that was one of the many things you could do on a con- the streets. A country surviving off of basically lemonade stands. <laughs> Entirely. And then there were actually automated vodka dispensers that you could go up and do the same thing. And then you just, the same glass stayed in it. And you paid, you put it in like a, you know, soda yeah. machine or whatever. But it would just pour out a certain amount of vodka, stood there, take your shot, put it back. And it would do like a rinse of okay. like a... It a wouldn't rinse it because it sounds like, like, is it like that germs only came to the Soviet Union in the mid 90s? <laughs> they were all collected on one glass. Yeah. And then, no, but it was, uh, 
But then we also stayed in places that were clearly at one time these unbelievable, gorgeous hotels. Mm -hmm. And now we all just got to be in there. It was like, our rooms were like, you know, there were 30 foot ceilings and these arched windows. And it was, it was really amazing. Wow. Yeah, I liked it. So when you, you and your parents fled, uh, I assume you fled with your parents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was, it was really their idea. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I knew so little of the world at that time. But yes, my parents (laughs) and my brother and I all uh, left together. And was Massachusetts just an arbitrary choice or what was the process? Like- no, I think that uh, the process was, I think that we might have had friends in this area um, and there was like maybe jobs in tech. This was in, you know, 1979. So I think um, it was just where, like, and maybe there was even like Jewish organizations helping us relocate. And for whatever reason, it was this area. I, I think it had to do with the potential of work. Wow. That's great. Is that what your dad did or your mom did Bo- both of for them a living already? In, like, yeah, pro- programming and math. Yeah. It's, oh, wow. It's uh, one of the staples of uh, Russian refugees. Are you, how about you, are you good at math? Because I am not. I would describe myself as not great at math. Not um, like, like meaning <laughs> I'm fine, but I'm not like, I can't do math to like solve problems. Like, yeah. If I, like, my dad could tell you if, like, a bridge could hold a car, and I can't do that. I could tell you if, like, you have, like, 80 apples and you added 40 apples. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, like, more in the, like, I can, like, calculate almost unlimited numbers of apples, but not, like, (laughs) tension of, like, uh, the strength of various materials. Like, that's, I'm out. These guys working on this bridge, they're going to get hungry and want apples. Yeah, exactly. And if you're, they're like, we have uh, 80 and then another guy's like, I have 40. I'm like, oh, it sounds like you guys have 120 apples. So and then, the, and then the three bridge. of you are fine. Enjoy your lunch. Yeah, exactly. And then the bridge collapses because they weren't paying attention to that math. Exactly. Is your dad funny? Because I always thought it's maybe two different brains that are um, good at I math. think of comedy as a ver. I do think actually comedy and math are sort of very related because I think of like, you know, comedy is figuring out sort of like this little problem and then like tweaking it in a way where you make a joke. So it is in a certain sense, like kind of formulas, but not, um, but not math formulas. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's emotional formulas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those don't intimidate me like numbers do. Yeah. Maybe I am good at a form of numberless math. Yeah. Called comedy. Comedy. (laughs) Trial and error, like science, you get on stage, you try stuff. Yeah, that's not as good a punchline as this other thing. You edit by adding or (laughs) subtracting words. Yeah, math at a particular velocity and speed (laughs) while on a train (laughs) leaving somewhere. Exactly. (laughs) So, how did you get into stand up? I loved stand up as a kid, Um, like listening to like Emo Phillips and Bobcat Goldthwait and watching uh, Robin Williams' like a night at the Met. Um, <laughs> and now like in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I got like 30% of it, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I loved it. And and then I think at some point in high school, I was like, oh my God, uh, that's a type of job. Like, yeah. not everyone like works with computers. Um, so there's all <laughs> sorts of things and, you know, started doing more like theater and video and stuff. And then you know, at the end of high school, essentially like the summer before college, 
uh, tried stand up and it like went deceptively well. And then like my second time, as I think a lot of people like you yeah. really hard. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, yes. this is a very long process. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, but I was still like, it was, it seemed so fun. And so then, you know, I, I like, I basically listened to so much stand up growing up and then started doing it and then really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And comedy somewhere. in general, like writing funny things and doing silly stuff. And I don't know. Yeah, I've always thought that you do much more than stand up. In yeah. my experience, now in, hindsight, now in hindsight, yes. <laughs> At eighteen, I don't know. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like I may have met you before. Uh, could this be right? I feel like I may have met you before, either before you started stand up or right when you started. You, you um, it's not. It, I mean, well. Meaning I started when I was 18. So I find like, oh, I th- oh. like, I think like, that's not likely like meaning, I think we met probably in New York, though, mm-hmm. though, depending on when, like, you know, I moved to New York in 2000. Um, and I did it throughout, you know, I did stand up throughout college. And, you know, then for a few years in Boston before moving to New York, and we probably met in the early ish 2000s. Yeah. Um, so and I, maybe it was Maybe it was, be, and maybe that was just an assumption because I feel like when I first met you, you didn't say anything. But then looking back, it's like if I was with David Cross or I was with somebody that was your hero, right. that maybe you just had that kind of like, maybe you were the person that was running the room or do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I could have easily been quiet. I did do a show. Oh, I did a show and in, invite them up at Rafifi in the, starting in the early 2000s. Um and like I easily like I had met David through Brendan Small in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's very possible that like I, I mean, it's likely that I met you with David. And yes, that I was quiet or, 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 or something. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I had an idea of what New York comics were like in my mind. And then I just remember be, <laughs> I just remember you being very quiet and then and kind of like almost like keep your eye on that guy. I don't know what that guy's doing. And so then. I, over the years watching your career has been very delightful to me because I was like, and I'm sure I was also rude because oh. that was uh, like, that was always my approach. Don't, don't know that that, don't think that was the case, but who knows? I was probably well, like quiet and uncomfortable in the world. Sure. <laughs> so it's well, very likely. I know. think I was rude and uncomfortable in the world, but it was that thing of like going from, you know, nobody especially at the time, had respect for L.A. comics. Like, you didn't want to be an L.A. comic. So going to, San, going sorry, going to New York, I had that kind of thing of like, this is the place where you have to have good sets. And I was having absolutely terrible sets everywhere I went because I was truly an L.A. comic in that way where nothing was, nothing was very punchy. Mm-hmm. It was all very self-referential and, you know, and I guess kind of sucked in a lot of ways. So... <laughs> Um, so I think I just had like that defense up of like, I'm not bad. You're bad. (laughs) Right. Right. And And I also, who knows, like depending on the night or what it was like, sometimes you'd try stuff that would be great. And then sometimes it'd be like, that's very strange and confusing, you know? So I feel like I, you know, I mean, when I was in, you know, there was like some people who went through like a world in stand up where you like are an opener and then you're a middler and then you're a headliner and maybe you're hosting stuff that's like a lot of tourists. But I always found it much easier to sort of start my own show with friends and have like and sort of build an audience for 
the thing that like I'm trying to do. And so I think as a result, like you would have these rooms where like you could actually then try sort of odd stuff and the stuff that worked would then work in wherever across the country and the stuff that didn't, you, you just, it wasn't so bad. Like you could, you could kind of bomb with grace, uh, but as a result, try a lot of different stuff. Yes. As opposed to if you were at Caroline's at 10 o'clock at night and then you're just like, I shouldn't be a comedian. This is right. right. Well, you also, yeah, then have to be probably like, I mean, I think there was probably a world of very aggressive New York comics and then a world of sort of like uh, nerdy, (laughs) gentle comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Or like weird and absurd. And like, again, you're like figuring stuff out. And then eventually, like a lot of stuff blurs together. And it's like all the things that were like sort of that world of, you know, are now TV shows and people with movies and stuff. Totally. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm someone that I started in Austin and there was a pretty quickly you got work featuring uh, at different clubs run by uh, like Rich Miller. And I and when I moved to L.A., I you were one of the first comics that I saw where clearly you had built your own following and had your own thing going on. And to me, that the going name for it was alternative comedy back then. Yeah. But I, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm glad that I moved here because I felt uneasy and probably also was very quiet around everyone. Mm-hmm. But what a relief to me to see that you were doing that and you didn't have to just go and feature on the road and struggle in front of uh, flyover audiences, you know? Right. And also, I think a lot of it was that, like, it was also just a more, uh, like, it was, a for me, it was the better way to become a professional comedian. Like, it wasn't yeah. like, I was killing as, you know, a feature in random places and then did, like, it was more that this was the way to build an actual following and, like, you know, I you know, put out an album in the very early 2000s where other people in my position maybe wouldn't, but it was like, that's what I had access to. Like, yeah, you can't put yourself on television, um, uh, <laughs> but without, without a threat, uh, but, but you can like release a record and now it's probably, you know, that much easier though, that much more saturated. Um, yeah. When I met you, you had a following, a grassroots following that you created. And especially from my perspective, I people knew you in the audience. I, that just blew my mind. Uh, and we were young. We were children. Yeah. Yeah. So good job yeah. from Thank the you. beginning. I'm, we just you. wanted to get you here to say good job on that in the early 2000s. Yeah, Thank early you so career. much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It was, you, look... <laughs> You did it correctly. <laughs> yeah. And I saw yeah. the early signs that you were doing it correctly. So again, congratulations to you 20 years ago. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very, very much. And what are you doing these days, Eugene? What's the, uh, what's your deal now? I'm we doing, know you're Bob's doing Bob's Burgers. I am um, uh, me and my friend Julie Smith, uh, who, who we did our comedy festival together yep. and a bunch of stuff we're working on starting like a small comedy label um nice. and i have a five-year-old son um so a lot <gasps> oh, of that's time. terrific yeah so so a, a lot of time is uh spent uh you know with him um, sure good <laughs> yeah like and he <laughs> i feed him and i uh, pat him on the head and stuff i like say that. great job yesterday i got him a booster 
COVID booster shot. So all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I'm up stuff. to, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a mix of dad stuff and Bob's and then recording random stuff and sort of slowly getting back into stand up as the pandemic is here forever. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so like at first I was like, oh, when things get better. And now it's like, well, I had COVID in January. It was asymptomatic, but uh, it was, that was, that was fine. I guess yeah. for, for me. Um, the best version. Yeah. So like I'm now slowly starting to do stand-up, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's I'm I'm, I'm looking at it as just go on the road to celebrate these little vacations between variants. Yeah. Yes. And that'll that'll be a nice I mean, that'll be okay, right? That'll I be <laughs> I think I think this is the new I think it's like you yeah, yeah like I did like a benefit, you know, I don't know, like a thing where I just like did a small thing a f- month or two ago and I had a mask on most of the time and a bunch of people there got COVID. I Uh, had had it and didn't happen to get it. So it's like, go to stuff, but maybe stay masked. Uh, And uh, not near too many people. (laughs) But I don't know. I think that's, you know, but I think here in Massachusetts, also a lot of people are, you know, vaccinated. And sure. I don't know. Like now, most of the people I know having COVID, it's not like, great but it's not the like terror that it was right yeah yeah so scary at the beginning did you did you travel here for the bob's burgers movie i did i was i was there yeah last week for the premiere it was it was my first premiere it was really Really? fun yes i I, ever i mean like on that scale like i've gone like i had a documentary and went to the premiere of that but like in terms of like a street is blocked off and there's a red carpet Mm -hmm. and a ton of press and like you know photographers and all this stuff like people uh, call yelling gene at you yes the, <laughs> that i experience occasionally uh <laughs> but yeah it was it was pretty it was fun and it was also really great to see everybody um and yeah the premiere was fun was, so you haven't fun. seen any of these you've been recording then there at your house yeah i record uh yeah at, at home mostly uh, we about a month and a half ago had gone out for WonderCon, and so i saw for the first time some of the people and yeah. then some of the cast that's like here or lauren bouchard who comes to massachusetts um because he's from here so like oh, some okay. some of the people i've seen but then others i hadn't seen you know in a few years so it was really really nice and people are loving that movie, right? I see people on Twitter. I uh, think people are enjoying it. We'll we'll find they out. They like it. Yeah. 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 I've seen clips that I like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think it's I think it's very funny. I think it's very sweet. You know, I feel like Lauren and Nora and, and everybody like do such a good job of like these kind of very sweet, funny, quirky stories. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm a huge fan of the show. So there's, I feel like the movie is, and also of the songs, like the songs are just so brilliant. They really are. Yeah. It's so good. Um, When you said Julie Smith, though, it reminded me, I just realized the last time I actually saw you in real life was when I did your comedy festival at at the Bell House. Mm -hmm. I remember watching, um, the lineup was insane. The audience was great. And I was just like, I had that voice in my head that was just like, and you're going to get out there and eat it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I swear to God. It was like that thing of like, don't, just don't eat it. Just don't do it's, it. It's important yeah. to have that voice always in your head. I know I have it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, don't think, eat it. Yeah. Yeah. That's even sometimes the voice will say, I wonder what it would feel like to stop doing well right now and, and consciously <laughs> eat it. <laughs> and then I do it, and then I do it, and I'm and like, how does oh it yeah, feel? is it fulfilling? Terrible! I forgot. Terrible. 
I forgot yeah. that it always feels you terrible. You just needed the reminder that yes. e- yeah. eating it sucks. I will yeah. do it. My brain is a terrible thing that I can't control. Yeah, yeah the Bell House is uh, synonymous with your name, actually. I, I know nothing of it except you had a show there. Yeah, we did our festival there and then a show at Union Hall for a long time. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful, really fun venue. And I think like now, like there's lots of shows. People have recorded specials there and, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's a great space. It's great. Nope, I, I forget about all them. That's Merman's house. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, and it's one of those dad movies or movies that my dad made me watch over and over. No, I loved it. Uh, Fletch, the first Fletch and like mm. Caddyshack. But you're... Do you know much about this Fletch that's coming out or when it comes out? I mean, uh, I in the sense that I'm in it. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you so know like, it's real. So I, it's like, uh, I don't know the details of like when it comes out or anything, but yeah. I know that I filmed it last summer. Okay. And I know uh, that it's coming out and that, uh, you know, it'll be funny. And uh, I think it'll be yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see it. Um, Are you a character that was maybe based on one from the original movie? I don't know. No, I don't. I I don't. I, I it's not. Um, I think the tone of it is much more like uh the tone of the novels, as I oh, understand okay. it from the seventies. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. it's not a remake of the movies. It's like actually oh, like an adaptation of gotcha, the original okay. books from I'm the seventies. I'm always someone. Yeah, that that uh, either doesn't know or forgets about the existence of books, and how they brought yeah, me a lot. There's, of the I think, a I lot think. of uh, books, and I believe it is based on the book "Confess Fletch." I am going to uh, go ahead and admit that I didn't know there was a series of Fletch books. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I just. I mean, I found out when I <laughs> was doing the. I like. I don't think like. A lot of people are finding out right now that in the 70s, yeah. there was a series of Fletch books. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think anyone, like, read them in high school or right. anything. It doesn't seem yeah. to be well. Although, I have to say, Fletch was a movie that came out right when, I think I was 12 when it came out or so. So, it was one of those movies that we had memorized and said the lines to yeah. to each other constantly yes. or whatever. I and I memorized. do remember seeing that in the credits, it was, like, based on the book by the author. I can't remember. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's the only reason I knew is because I just loved that every frame of that movie. I think it's great. And also it's starring John Hamm, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, pl- yeah, he's playing Fletch. Fletch. Yes. That's it is great. a comedy. He is funny in it though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's not it's a gritty funny. reboot. No, I would not. <laughs> it's yeah. like the new Batman. It's like, it's just, <laughs> it's just him. Like every scene, he just mur- murders someone. Yeah. yeah. In self-defense. So uh <laughs> no, it's it's like a it's a it's a I mean it's um dur- uh, yeah it's it's a very funny it's directed by the uh, Greg who did uh, Superbad so it's this very funny yeah I'm very excited to see that was it really fun to be in that movie it was really fun you know I like it uh, you know I haven't done a ton of movies and that was sort of it and it was really fun and they were really nice and it was fun on set and um, yeah you're gonna you have know. to dust off your uh, premiere suit. Yes, Again. exactly. I'll have to. <laughs> yes, for get ready it. for another carpet. Get used to it. Yes, the the new me. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, you so, get really big lips and lip injections. Yeah. And just I will. I will get on. like butt implants and shoulder <laughs> spikes or whatever people do. I'll figure <laughs> it out. Get them shoulder, <laughs> shoulder spike implants. I'll I'll consult with uh you know the with yeah stylists in the Boston area. There <laughs> was a. The Velveeta Room, uh, the place I started at in Austin, next door oh, yeah. was a 
a burger place called Casino El Camino, and a lot yep. of the employees there were from the Jim Rose circus sideshow thing. And there was a guy there with it. It was the first time I'd seen implants under, like, I guess... They oh, were like these, little horns? Yes. Yeah. yeah. On, embedded, I guess, screwed into the bone of his skull. Yeah. And, yeah. and I couldn't, the skin was stretched over it, like taut. And I'm like, I, if you ever bump your b- horns getting out of your car, what is, I, it horrified me just because I kept thinking of the accidents or, or, or bumping them, that tight skin. I mean, this was a very clinical, disgusting thing for me to talk about, but. I was obsessed with how dangerous it seems to have spiky implants. So do not get them in your shoulders. <laughs> I <laughs> will. Don't joke. Yeah. And if you do. No, I, I didn't mean like, <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess it sounded like I was going to do surgical implants. Right. Uh, I assume no. you, you go through surgery and then get it all removed the day after the premiere. Yeah. <laughs> the butt implants and everything. Yep. <laughs> the exactly. premiere's over. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But I think I saw that guy there because I've seen that in my life around yeah. twice and i yeah. feel like it's either there yeah because i remember that place i wonder if that's you know like people get their tattoos removed after a while i wonder if like you get two uh horns implanted in your head and then like 13 years later you're kind of like i don't know if i'm really this person anymore probably right around if- the same time you're passing the bar yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're it turns what, out yeah. you're a talented lawyer. You're like a very good lawyer. You just at twenty were like, I'm I'm a scary little monster. Yeah. And then yep. yeah. Why is yeah. he always wearing a fedora to court? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to hide his horns. Or a very large wig, like a top a, like one like of those British poof, like just wigs. Powdered that, wig, yeah. yeah, exactly. The British <laughs> barristers <He insisted>. wear. <laughs> He insisted upon bringing his own powdered wig to court. Hey, look, I want to do this the right way, he says, hiding his horns. I really want there to be a modern-day lawyer that, without explaining it to people, just wears a wig like that. I want it to be true. Just for, you know, normal. S's and G's? Yeah, just for litigation. Just for, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) For a hit-and-run accident, anything. Powdered wig. You know what? I'm going to start wearing one. Do, Do it. it. Thanks, yeah. guys. I, think it'd I be came nice. here for support. Could wait for winter, though, because there it will warm you up pretty right. good. Yeah, I yeah. think summer's, summer's not great well, for Well, that's the purpose wig. of the powder. Sure, you're sweaty and disgusting <laughs> under that wig, but the powder keeps you fresh. Because it's medicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, can we go back to Fletch for once? Yeah, yes. yeah, let's do it. Let's get me uh, out of this whole wig yeah. thing. I, I'm yeah, sorry. We I we're back out. in. Yeah. So, yeah, we it's dig. funny. Uh, yeah, so Greg Matola <laughs> directed it, who did Super Bad. And it's a very funny, and Ham uh, is great as Fletch. Did you ever do any, like, did anything ever happen on set? Like, did you forget your lines or... Uh, wait, so, did you have to shoot? So, mm-hmm. so uh, originally I was worried that I would have to do a Boston accent. Oh, uh, yeah. and But I had like, as written, there were only like two lines or so. And I was like, do I have to do the... Because it's originally, I think, was cast as that. Because uh, really, John Hamm and, and Greg had asked me if I wanted to do... Like, they were like, here's the world. Do you want to do this? Um, we're shooting in Boston. And it sounded fun. And so I agreed. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh... Uh, I wonder if I have to do this Boston accent for these two lines. Why, are I got you a there, cop in it? 
No, I'm a, I'm a security guard. <laughs> Oh, because uh, I would nice. assume if any yeah. cop in Boston, they, you have I think to have had, that accent. I think they had enough. So, like when I got there, they were like, "We have plenty of people who are local who have an actual Boston accent, so you don't have to like pretend." Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> which is great because it's like one thing to try to get like one or two lines, but to improvise in an accent, yeah, that I don't really do. Uh, would be its own level of effort. Um, Which is funny because you're actually You're from local. Massachusetts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I can't probably say a word or two, but like yeah, to yeah. have a conversation um, yeah, right. is, is different. So it's like a lot of improv uh, and it was it was pretty fun. I haven't seen it yet, but um, but I've t- but somebody, I saw somebody last week who said they saw it and that it was funny and that uh, Oh, great. great. Yeah, so I'm excited to see it. I am as well. I am well. too. Have you guys seen, not to change the subject to something that involves none of us, but the new Kids in the Hall? No, I really yeah. want to see it. It yeah. is. Uh, I texted you, Karen, today like you didn't have better things to do. Hey, <laughs> 1 p.m., watch all of Kids in the Hall and be sure to just be in your underpants like me. It, they uh, really went for it. I'll just say that. I was yeah. so... Oh, yes. And I thought maybe they wouldn't get away with certain things, but it's so well done and they are so good that it is, I uh, highly recommend it. The That's end. great. No, right. I watched it with the second that I uh, heard that it was on. I was just like, this can't be real. And I then know. I just binged the entire thing. I was thrilled. They are yeah. funnier so than funny. ever. And I don't know what, if they've been practicing with acting, they're so good. Well, they've all been acting. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think they've all stayed in practice. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Kept yeah. it warm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch it. I hosted uh, some music festival, and I do want to ask you about that, Eugene, because I know you've opened for a lot of bands. But uh, one of the, we went to Calgary. It was like a folk music festival, and you just had to talk in between these acts as as they were setting up. It was actually, and no one was listening, but it was yes. me and another comic Derek Seguin, I think. And then Kevin McDonald was there and he was so nervous. He acted like he just had moved to Saskatchewan and gotten married and he didn't do showbiz stuff anymore. That's why I was so happy to see how funny he was because... Oh, he's so funny. He was worried that he would get on stage and no one would know him. And the minute he got on stage, the whole crowd freaked out. I mean, we were... Yeah, and he's like, oh, what a relief. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, he was so humble, and it's like he didn't even know. I was just staring at him so excited to have met him. They were just really important to me in the the early 90s, watching them over and over and over. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, He actually was one of the people, um, the Odd Block Festival that they used to do in, I believe, Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, yeah, Winnipeg, yeah. And uh, their first night... Um, they had a kind of like all the comics can go and hang out in the lobby of the main theater that they have it in. And he was there and I I was freaking out. It was like, it might as well have been fucking Rob Lowe or I don't know, <laughs> somebody. That's the only sl- other celebrity yeah. I can think of. But I like <laughs> at one two. point. Yeah, yeah I would have said Rob world, Lowe too. Those are the two that matter to me most. But I think I was with like Michelle Buteau or something or they're like, go say hi. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I was acting so weird. But it was that thing to me of like, those guys were, I loved that show. And it was at this time where I'd like flunked yeah. out of college. There was nothing yeah. going on. I hadn't started stand up. And uh, yeah, it was, 
I, it truly was like the idea that he would think people wouldn't recognize him yeah. in Canada is hilarious. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And then they, it was just to see 13,000 people on this outdoor, this island. It was the middle of the day. It was a terrible gig. And that's why he was nervous. Yeah. No yeah. He was right to be like, this isn't <laughs> yeah. a good thing right. to do. The part where he was wrong is that people adore him and he's yeah. very, very funny. And the part where he's right, he's like, I'm supposed to do stand-up? I don't do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I think like there, over I the years, his as I've uh, <laughs> done sort of things at music stuff, uh, I have shrunk, like, like now I'm like, oh, you like, I think after the first time that someone was like, and you can go as they're setting stuff up. And then it turns out like, you can't, you can't possibly perform as stuff is being set up. So you have yeah. to say like, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can do a set beforehand or after, yeah. but I can't do it during. It's not, it's just genuinely not possible. Like you can't right. tell a joke and someone is like, tress, like trying the sound yeah. of a cymbal and then like of a kick drum. <laughs> and then there's a guitar, yeah. <laughs> like it's not feasible. Um, but it takes uh, having terrible experiences to go yeah. like, oh, these are the things that I, that you should, and they don't know. They're like, it'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, right. And the answer is it will not be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it well, be. it's Wait. always, you're always tricked into it by, because at this, this festival, there was, of course, a comedy tent with 12 people sitting in the grass. Right. But then later, oh, and then there's just this other thing where you kill time as uh, roadies drape cable over your yeah. shoulder. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and so, I think you have yeah. to, like, now I know that if someone asks the thing, I'm like, yeah, I'll totally do, like, this version of it, but yeah, not. yeah. Like, I'll do a set before a band, but there can't be, like, someone tuning up instruments. Yeah. And you also can't do, like, a really a half hour, like, you have to, in a row. Like, it has to be, yeah. you know, unless I guess it's, like, you're both, like, draws or something like that. Like, if you're splitting the bill as opposed to, um, like opening, opening for some huge band. Do you have any? Um, do you have any nightmare stories from doing yeah. gigs like that? Yeah. I mean, you know what's funny is like it's all. It's, it's like A it's all well. No, it's like more like <laughs> the stories where it's like, and it went shockingly well. Yeah, is like the part that like is in a sense amazing. Like I certainly have like I did a tour in Florida with Modest Mouse where I did maybe twelve shows. And you can imagine that some like were very hard, but the funnier part is almost like a few were great. Like, yeah. And, yeah. but it's true that there was one maybe in Miami that was like, it was like so hot and people couldn't hear me. And there was a woman in the front or I, like, I don't know, or a kid, like I, I forget, like somewhere between probably like around 18 or 20. And she was like, kind of get my attention. And like, it was so distracting and everyone was yelling. And then I was like, and, 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 and then finally it became clear that like people didn't realize that there's like a schedule. So like, if I get off stage, it, uh, the, the band doesn't go on any faster. And then she also <laughs> yes. tried to convey sort of basically an I Ayn Randian philosophy of self-interest <laughs> that I was like, are you describing Ayn Rand? She's like, I've never heard of her. She's just, I just like act in a self-interested, selfish way. This is while you were on stage? Yes, it was like, this is what I mean. It was like people distracting you with complicated, tedious concepts. Oh my uh, God. And like, <laughs> the problem is also like, you can't even like make fun of, like, it's not like, like it's the whole thing. It was just also just noise and chaos. But on yeah. the other hand, there were shows in like, I think it was St. Augustine that were really fun in Jacksonville were really, really great. The, yeah. One of the, the way that it all sort of that, like doing stuff with bands. I did stuff with Yola Tango. Um, 
because they would have comics on shows and stuff. But when I started working with this agent who was wonderful uh, and booked me on the Modest Mouse tour and then some other stuff, uh, she, when the shins were blowing up, so like, I don't know, around 2002 plus or minus, like they had three shows at Bowery and she was like, do you want to open for the shins? And I was like, yes, I would love to open for the shins. Um, And, you know, and then I learned like, from that experience, like let people know they'll be a comedian. Um, yeah, yeah. So like there's <laughs> two other bands. And then I think at 11 o'clock or 10 or whatever it was that the, when the shins were supposed to go on instead, I came out to do 10 minutes of stand up <laughs> comedy. And it's oh. people going like shins, shins, shins. And then I'm like, hello. And I think I had like also some video cause I knew oh, it could be hard. God. And like nobody really yeah. yells at video cause they know it can't stop. Yeah, but yeah. there was a point at which like I'm sort of trying to talk or whatever. And then I made some joke of how I can't uh, believe I'm being heckled by people who could get beat up by Bell and Sebastian. <laughs> and then that kind of like turned and everyone was like, Oh, this is let's give this person six minutes <laughs> yeah. um, of our attention. So then people were yeah. kind of nice. So it was like, but, um, yeah, and then I did, you know, various shows and, and now since then have like done a lot of music comedy things with friends, you know, but, but also it's, that's at a time where it's like, if there's an opportunity to like reach an audience and like have to figure out how to make it work, you know, it's totally worth it. So like, yeah. you know, that's like, if there's a way to like make $200 in a night and, pay your rent and maybe it's a little hard, you still, you know, do it and and also Absolutely. reach people and probably, you know, find fans in the end. Yeah. I did that Yola Tango show one time. And I really love those guys. They're yeah. so nice. And there's, they had, they have so many friends that are comics and stuff. And I've felt so honored to do it. And at one point I was <clears throat> finishing a joke <laughs> and I was so, I was so shaky about like, I just kind of, I'm sure it came out, but it's like I didn't believe in myself as a stand-up, doing stand-up in New York City. I was like, I just don't have the hard jokes to be doing this. And I think it like showed. But there was one joke that I was doing and it was about a Taco Bell commercial and the punchline was like, bitches ruin food. And in the second the last word was out of my mouth, this guy in the back goes, and rock shows. And then oh, people no. kind of like booed the guy, which then felt horrible because then it was like, oh, this audience pities me. Like it was oh. that kind of thing where the whole thing <laughs> right. turned and it is absolutely the thing I think of because I'm so furious at myself for not giving it a beat and then going like, and this is of course the comeback I've written hundreds of years later <laughs> it where works. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Where I was like, oh, bitches ruin rock shows. Let's not, we better not tell Georgia, the fucking drummer of Yolo Tango. But instead I was just like, I can't remember what I did. It was like, uh, this, that's not the spirit of Hanukkah or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, thing. that's and then just, pretty, yeah. You're, you're ruining the Hanukkah. holidays. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those shows were really fun. I mean, they're, you know, they also like, but, but, they were also a thing where like people knew to expect a, a surprise band and a surprise comic for those shows. So it was, yeah. you know, that, that was, it was really when you'd be on a show and people are like, well, for the shins one was like, why is there, why is this person not the shins? And then yes. the modest yeah. shows, I think I'd like, I was like, cause nobody would have known me. So I was like, please bill me as comedian Eugene Burbage, just so people know mm. it's comedy. 
Um, and then I think similarly, I, I uh, emceed the, this tour for Cake, uh, the Unlimited Sunshine Tour with Cake, <laughs> Tegan and Sarah and Gogo Bordello. Mm. And that I was like, you know, that also like the opening set was great. It was really easy. And then I could do a sort of shorter set after the first band. And then like when it was time for Cake, like because I think they were like, and you'll do like a few minutes, but then you would walk out. And basically it was, you know, whatever, 3,000 people chanting cake. And there's no like <laughs> version where you're like, uh, hold on, uh, I'd love to tell you about a time at a mall that was a little silly. Like nobody wants to hear it. They're just like, cake, cake, cake. So like, but then you yeah. just, once you do it enough, like with bands, you're just like, here's what will work. I'm happy to do that. If like you want yeah. a different thing, like it doesn't, it's not a good idea. Yeah, like for and, sure. It's proven out. And you don't want me to do 45 minutes. Like you don't right. really want oh, God. 45 minutes. You want like 20, 25, yeah. maybe broken Max. up. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. never forget watching Tool uh, ask David Cross to open for them. And we were, this was like in, it was in Southern California, but it was outside of LA somewhere. I want to say it was in either Ventura or something. And we all drove out to watch it because we're like, oh yeah, we'll get, you know, tool tickets or whatever. And then David's performing and he literally got introduced. He walked on stage and everyone just started throwing bottles and bottle caps and shit at him. Oh, no And way. he didn't, he, he got to the microphone. He tried to fight against it for like 30 seconds and then he just left. It's like tool, Tool's audience doesn't want fucking comedy and it's Maynard Keenan who was like I love comedy yeah. they'll love comedy and yeah, it's like yeah. it does not work that way at all yes I think it's like depending like I did a tour with Andrew Bird and his audience was incredible they are like the lovely NPR people and I did I think that show was actually probably like half hour opening sets like you know but it was like you know a very pleasant show in theaters for you know uh, a lovely audience yeah. but Tool sounds impossible Yes, no. So, like, yeah. (laughs) But you know what was just as bad as, and I was too new, green, and new to stand up to have done well because it was a half hour in front of Celine or Cindy Lauper. So, I always want to call her Celine Dion. (laughs) Uh, But they threw stuff and yelled, get off stage too. And it was Cindy Lauper. (laughs) And the woman that asked me to do it got fired (laughs) uh, because of how badly I did. It was the worst. <laughs> I cried afterwards. Uh, I I had trouble getting paid. I was what fired. Year was it? Uh, yeah, what year and how and how uh, how yes. long? How much time were you supposed to do? This was like 2005, and it was in Houston, Texas, at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. No way. And the girl, I think she worked for Verizon, and she was like, "Oh, I know a comedian that could open for Chris." Or for uh, Cindy. <laughs> and I was just not ready. And and there was no announcement. They People cheered when I walked out thinking it was going to be Cindy Lauper and it was just a guy. And they had just immediately were booing. But I was like, I got to do my 30 minutes of what was then like wordplay and puns. No. I, <laughs> it, it, and someone peeked out and I was fired and, and uh, yeah. I never got my free meal. Everything was uh, bad. And it's they never didn't too want late to, to write to the Verizon Center. Well, I thought like... it was going to be, uh, they, they said, yeah, and there was a whole tour after that. And my friend uh, Tommy was a regular opener for Cher uh, and he had bought a house from that gig. 
granted, he was also a family-friendly, like, magician. He had a lot of plan yeah. Bs to go to other than jokes. Right, but, right. Uh, yes, I, I once had a... Uh, very early in whatever, I think in the early 2000s, I was almost with some agency and they uh, booked some room in Vegas. So I went to like L.A. to like to like meet with them and maybe come back and meet, like have another meeting or whatever. And they were like, you could go and do uh, this, you know, off the beaten path Vegas room where you would, I think, just do 10 minute sets or something. Like yeah, something yeah. not. That's cool. And I... Like I was supposed to do eight shows, I think in the first night I did two, and it was just such a mismatch where it was like, also it was like an audience of people like on ventilators and or like <laughs> red, not respirators, not ventilators. Anyway, yeah. like like oxygen machines, <laughs> oxygen tanks, and yeah. very like elderly. And this was, oh, you know what it was? This was actually after nine eleven, because the guy who headlined killed with like. It was something like 45 minutes of stuff about Bush Gore, but it felt like it was <laughs> it was like no, November-ish or October, November after 9-11. So it was this weird thing where like the world had changed. And yeah. it was like, I get doing topical stuff, but it was like not exactly topical. But to that audience, it was quite topical. And I remember saying something about the internet, you know, because this is what, 2001. And then I, <laughs> like meaning the internet, like, like it was like offhanded, like I signed up for something on the internet. And I could see in the <laughs> eyes of the audience that they like, they didn't use the internet. Like it was yeah. not like I was, like it was like I brought up the telephone before most households had a telephone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you're on a ventilator thing, you, yeah, yeah, you I, really like, know you're never going to learn about the internet. But it was like, I was like, oh, I can't, I don't have, like, I thought like this is broad stuff that will relate. And then I forget, like the poor MC, like so the MC trying to help me, like, like he was genuinely trying to help me. And he was like, do you have any fart jokes or <laughs> anything about being Jewish? And I was like, I had like one thing, like I didn't, but I tried what I, and it was like, this is not a good match. And uh, then the, the place was like, you know what? You can stay at the hotel the next three days, but why don't you do none of the shows? And I was like, this is great. This is a yes. great deal. I do not no. need this six more times. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. got treated much better than I was just locked out of the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. no thanks. Pushed out by a road uh, by a roadie guy. Don't come back. Well, yeah. also, the, wow. you know, that's funny is that uh, the early days or the old days of the Largo when it was on Fairfax, um, they used to always try to have comedy openers for music nights. And I would do it all the time because I like that was the level that I was at of kind of like hosting and emceeing and stuff. They music audiences at that time did not want. It's like they got trained into accepting yeah. comedy, going with music. But in the beginning, it they didn't like it, really? and it is a totally different vibe. Yeah. Um. Than any kind of a comedy audience, like when they're there to get sung to, and you know, like see their favorite musician in an intimate setting, they don't want to hear anything out of my mouth for sure. <laughs> and it'd just be like, I would totally do it for the money and the dinner that you would get. I'd be yeah. like, I don't care. Fine. I have to pay my fancy bill. plate of spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. That, but also like, as it happened more and more often, people like, like meaning I now do it with musicians where like, it seems like it could be a fun match or it would go well. Um, or it's like someone I like and we're kind of doing it together, you know? Um, totally. But it's, yes, it's true that like, if no, like, and yeah, if it's like, 
a r- raucous crowd who don't really know there's going to be comedy. Uh, <laughs> it is not a, it is a little uphill. It's not, not great. Also, if you, I think if you're going out in front of a crowd like that, you have to know you have like the killer material that's going to land kind of <laughs> right, no right. matter what. Yeah. And yes. I was the kind of comic that would always be like, I'm going to try this thing. And it's like, no, dummy. Right. No, get the, get all of your closers and put them all together. Right. And, you know, right, right. Front load Do it. like, yeah. yeah, 15 minutes of closers, basically. Help yourself. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that is like... And fart jokes. Yeah, yeah if you... If you if, yeah, now, now I can show them so many Bob's episodes. <laughs> Be like, enjoy this fart. Here's another (laughs) fart coming at you, oldie. (laughs) One of the great historical farts of all time. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, two decades later, I have the fart jokes I needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just takes a while. Yeah, you got to craft them. That some some of those fart jokes just need time to be molded. Eugene, do you still do your podcast? No, uh, I did it for. I mean, it was really like uh, Audible had like was like, do you want to do this thing? And they had basically all, um, all these stories that they, that they had recorded. And so I would talk to the person and they would, so, so it was, um, it was really, really fun. But I think that they were like, we're now doing like, I think they moved to do like larger long form sort of like almost like radio plays and stuff. And Mm -hmm. so I forget how many years ago that stopped. But I really enjoyed it, and I would totally do a podcast. Like I love, like I did, like college radio, uh, you know, in college, and and I love radio. So podcast is very like, you know, it's really fun. Yeah, so I would totally do something like that again, um, but don't do it. Right, <laughs> I forgot. That's how I because we didn't know each other very well, and that is right. how I was. A, they had it re- recorded from. They some already show had, had yes, yeah, they had okay. recordings, and so I would talk to you know, interview the people and we would pause it and like, go like, wait, like, tell me a little more about that. It's just mm-hmm. so funny because they set me up to record in Missoula and the place I recorded was a place where they teach kids how to play guitar. And then they had a little <laughs> recording area so little kids could, so I was just in a little room with little kid guitars. It's just, <laughs> a, inter- yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, really an interesting experience. It was pre-Zoom, you know? Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to plug? Bob's Burgers movie? Yeah, the Bob's yeah. Burgers movie is coming out. I don't know when this comes out, but the Bob's Burgers movie comes out on May 27th. So either go to it or go right when you hear this. Right yeah, away. that might either go the evening <laughs> after or if the it's September, go rent it. Rent it. Mm-hmm. No, you're fishing for a day that this will come out, but we, we just don't oh. know. <laughs> I see. This comes out. This comes out six twenty-seven. So it's six twenty. The so, so uh, I have done a per, a perfect job promoting. So I hope you saw Bob's Burgers the one movie. month ago. To Go the see day. Fletch. Go see Fletch if that's been announced. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah. that's uh, check that out. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm see so both. excited. Yeah. 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 Well, awesome. Thank you so much for doing this with Thank us. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thank you guys and, so much. And Eugene, you look good with that beard, I've been meaning to say. Thank you. Thank you. I know that's a visual reference, not good for podcasting, but that's a nice beard. Thank you. Eugene has a beard. It's really It goes down to his belt. And <laughs> yes. it's, it's yes, a fascinating Yes, I'm working thing. my way into ZZ Top. <laughs> yes, he has a guitar that spins from a belt buckle. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Um, and he's got legs and he knows how to use them. I'm yeah. going to yeah. stop now. I'm going to stop with the ZZ Top reference. Stop and wrap it up. We're going to finish I'm, it. Uh, thank you for being on, Eugene. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N-A-R. <laughs> this has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Casey O'Brien. Mixed by John Bradley. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Theme song by Karen Kilgareth. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.